So this morning we're going to read uh, together just a, a small five-verse parable which Jesus told about a Pharisee and a tax collector. And Jesus often used these two professions or designations as shorthand for religious people who think that they're perfect, Pharisee, and sinners, right? Tax collectors, sinners. Uh, Jesus used those uh, designations as shorthand for those things. So feel free to substitute those titles in your own head every time we read the words Pharisee or tax collector in this parable. So let, let's jump together into the scriptures. And we're going to be reading Luke chapter 18, starting at verse 9. I'm reading from the ESV, just in case um, you're wondering. He, that is Jesus, also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing off by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust adulterers or even like this tax collector I fast twice a week I give tithes of all that I get but the tax collector standing far off would not even lift his eyes to heaven which was the customary way for Jewish people to pray in the time of Jesus but beat his breast is how they used to express remorse and grief in the time of Jesus. Saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, that is the Pharisee. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. But the one who humbles himself will be exalted. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together and then jump straight into it. Heavenly Father, as we ponder the scriptures together as we think about what they might mean to us, as we think about what you were saying, please let the Holy Spirit be at work in us, making plain the Scriptures, transforming our hearts from hearts of of stone, really, truly, to hearts of flesh. Let us be encouraged and challenged if we need to be challenged. Please bless us as we spend time in your word this morning. Amen. So this parable is the second of two parables about prayer, right? The the, the second word says, he also told this parable, right? Which uh, the parable which comes before is called the parable of the persistent widow. Um, 
And it, it's theoretically, on the surface level, at least both of these parables are about prayer. Um, but on a much deeper level, they're really about something else. So the first parable, Luke 18, verses 1 to 8, is a parable really about the nature of God. And our parable that we're looking at today is really, on, on, on a deeper level, about the nature of humans. Two different humans. Prayer reveals the way... Prayer reveals what's in our hearts when we talk to God. And in this parable, 110 words in the Greek... Jesus can teach this deep and valuable truth about hearts. 110 words. Most people normally speak at about 70 words a minute. I run at about 90. Um, So even if Jesus was speaking slowly, this would have been a short, punchy teaching. Luke gives us at the start of this, Luke, the, the, the guy who sort of got together all these stories about Jesus. The book, the Gospel of Luke is named after him. He gives us this kind of, this editorial preface before the parable, which helps to explain it. So we'll read it together. Verse 9. He writes, He, that is Jesus, also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. And treated others with, with contempt. So that should color everything that we read from here on. Luke is giving us the key to understand this parable. So, so the actual parable, verse 10, it starts, we get two men. It's a contrast, right? Two men go up to the temple to pray. They're both men, they're both going up to the temple. We find out they both actually stand apart from everyone else. They've got a lot of similarities, these men. They're also different. How they're viewed in society and also how they view themselves. Everyone, including the Pharisees, thought of themselves, uh, thought of the Pharisees, as being honorable, perfect people. Everyone thought, including the Pharisees, oh, God owes me stuff. I'm definitely going to heaven. I definitely have peace with God. And all of society, Jewish society, including tax collectors themselves, thought of tax collectors as being the lowest of the low. People wouldn't eat with you if you were a tax collector. That's how much disdain there was in society for you. People thought that tax collectors were about as far away from God as you can get. In our society, probably a similar thing might be a drug dealer. There's a similar kind of societal disdain, except that in Jewish society, there's probably more disdain for tax collectors than we would have for people who deal drugs. They both go up to temple to pray. Temple is seen as the heart of Judaism. People would travel from all over Israel to offer sacrifices and to pray in the temple. And 
And in this parable, this is what these two men have done. They've gone to the temple to pray. And the Pharisee, he has this fascinating prayer, right? It's really interesting. He starts out really well. He starts out by saying, Thank you, God. You know, like a bunch of Psalms kind of follow that pattern. They start out, Thank you, God, for this and this and this. In the Psalms, it's always focused on God's actions, on the divine actions, praising and worshiping God for who he is and what he's done. But this Pharisee, he starts out, Thank you, God. And then he lists his own actions. He's kind of swapped it around, right? And not only does he he swap it around for praise for himself, I fast twice a week, which is above and beyond, by the way. Nowhere in the Old Testament was there a requirement to fast even weekly. I give a tenth of all that I get, which is also above and beyond. In, in Israel, you were required to give a tenth of your crops and of, uh, of other things, but the Pharisees would give even a tenth of the little spices that they grew, above and beyond, right? But he also throws in disdain for other people, people who he considers to be different from himself, which is why we read in verse 10, not verse 10, verse 11, that he's actually standing off by himself, because he doesn't want to be contaminated by all the other people praying in the temple. He's better than them. And he prays and he says, Thank you, God, that I'm not like all of these sinners, especially that tax collector over there. He's throwing disdain into his prayer to God. probably valuable to pause and, and, and just remember that we find in the Gospels, which are really the recounting of Jesus' life on earth, that he actually did fast regularly and he did tithe and he never engaged in any of the sins which the Pharisee was disdaining other people for. Extorting, acting unjustly, adultering, being a tax collector. Tax collectors were known as thieves, as kind of part of the gig. Jesus did all of those things. And it's, and it's, it's not that it's wrong to fast or, or wrong to tithe or, or give money to God, because clearly Jesus, our Savior, our God, did those things. But it's the heart of this man which Jesus is focused on. He's filled with pride. So that when he prays to the living God, the God who sees all, the God who reads minds, the God who never sins, he takes that opportunity to praise himself. Crazy. But Jesus shifts in this parable. He shifts to the second man, focusing on the tax collector, shorthand for sinner. And this tax collector, we read, he too he stands apart from other people. Right? But not because he's too good for other people, but because he's so filled with shame. He so recognizes his own sin, he just doesn't feel worthy 
to be with other people. We read his eyes. He's not even lifting. Jewish men, in the time of Jesus, they would pray like this. Hands lifted up, eyes lifted up. This dude is so filled with recognition of his own shame and his own sin, he won't even lift his eyes up. He's beating his breast instead of having his hands in the air, like the Pharisee probably did. Body language matches his words. Simple and humble words. His prayer is seven words long. Less than half the size of the prayer of the Pharisee who goes on and on about how much better he is than everyone else. Seven words. Here are his words. God, be merciful to me, a sinner, with an exclamation point at the end. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus affirms this man's prayer. He says in verse 11, not verse 11, verse 14, I tell you, this man, The man who prayed, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. This man went down to his house justified rather than the other. This isn't the only place where the scriptures pick up this this theme of humility and pride, but it's an especially poignant one. Especially easy to visualize because this truly was a humble man and he went home justified. The final sentence of our parable says, Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. This Pharisee, who by all accounts is the perfect dude, at least seen as perfect in society. He's going above and beyond to earn his salvation, to earn his right to have a relationship with God, went home not justified. And and, and we actually know that he couldn't have been perfect. I mean, it's a parable. He's not a real Man, He never breathed a real breath except for in this parable of Jesus. A parable is a a story which illustrates a truth. But if he was real, he would have been a sinner. The scriptures say, Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All are sinful. All have fallen short. But this Pharisee was so filled with his own pride, his own glorification of himself, that he wasn't even aware of his own sin. This is in contrast with the tax collector, who is so aware of his own sin that he only had even just a short prayer when he came before the living God.
Here's the glorious thing, friends. This tax collector, this sinner, he's the one who went home justified. Justified is a big word used in the, in the New Testament especially, but it, it essentially it means fully at peace with God when it's used in the New Testament. This is spectacular because it means that any who come to God seeking reconciliation can have it. They can be justified. They can have lasting peace. I know that there are people in our church who feel burdened by sins which they've committed in their life. They feel weighed down just like this tax collector felt weighed down. And the glorious truth of this parable which Jesus told is that you can go home justified if you come to God humbly seeking mercy. He can go home justified because of Jesus. Because Jesus truly was the perfect human. He tithed, he fasted, he was generous, he was kind, he never committed thievery or adultery, even adultery of the mind or adultery of the eyes. Jesus was perfect in every way that this Pharisee thought that he was perfect, wrongly thought. But Jesus didn't even fall in the area of pride like this Pharisee, which, if you're perfect, has got to be a big temptation from Satan. Jesus was perfect. Philippians 2 speaks about this exact thing, saying Christ, Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, or humbled himself, some translations say, by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient even to the point of death. Even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This truth which Jesus said in the final line of verse, verse 14, the final sentence, Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. And Jesus has been exalted. He's exalted. He should be exalted by us for many reasons. But one of them is that his humbling himself to die 
death is the punishment for sinners. He wasn't a sinner. Paid the price for our sin. It's being paid by the perfect man. Not a pretender, not a fraud. The actual, perfectly sinless man. Because he was sinless, because he never surrendered to temptation, even the temptation of pride, he defeated sin and death, creating a way for all who come to him to go home justified, having peace with the eternal God. Maybe, friend, you identify with the tax collector. Maybe you're aware of sin in your own life right now. You feel like a sinner. Maybe you need to come before the living God and confess, just like this tax collector does in the parable. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Friend, if this is you, if you're currently racked by guilt, I have good news for you. This morning, or this afternoon, or this evening, or whenever you watch this or listen to this, God is providing you with another opportunity to come to Him in prayer, confessing your sin and asking for His mercy. Because of Jesus, the truly perfect person who paid the price so that you can be justified. If you come to Him seeking mercy, you will truly be justified. You will truly be forgiven. That's the encouraging message from this parable. But you might, of course, identify more with the Pharisee in this story. The villain of this parable. We learned in verse 11 that Jesus specifically told this parable for people who will identify more with the Pharisee. People who trust in themselves, in their own righteousness. People who treat others with disdain. That means, of course, that if you identify with the Pharisee, Jesus' first intention was for this parable to hit you in the gut. To be a warning to you. It's not supposed to be pleasant. It's supposed to be a wake-up call. Maybe you have been trusting in your own good works. Maybe your, your prayers are even characterized by praise of yourself instead of praise of God. Maybe you've slipped into the trap of thinking that you are good. And, and have begun trusting in your own goodness rather than in the mercy of Jesus. 
Maybe you've begun trying to earn your salvation. Maybe when you think about it, you constantly are actually disdaining others, looking down on them, seeing them as different and more sinful than you, more ugly, more estranged from God. Friend, if this is you, this you're in trouble. Deep trouble. Your soul is sick with the terrible sickness. Pride will send you to hell. We read that this Pharisee, he went home not justified. It means he did not have peace with God. He was not forgiven. The good news, of course, is that if you identify with the Pharisee, you can come to God like the tax collector. If you recognize your, your sin, if you recognize that you're identifying with the Pharisee. You can come and confess even your own pride. You can be justified. You can go home at peace with God. This is the message of this parable and the end of our sermon. But I invite you now, uh, just the, the, the music team will come up in a couple of minutes and lead us in our last song. But I invite you now to enter into a time of quiet prayer. And if you need to do business with God, I encourage you to do so. If you need to pray a prayer that goes something like, God have mercy on me, a sinner, do that. If not, if you already are at peace with God, if you're not struggling with pride, I encourage you to pray a prayer that starts with, thank you, God. But a prayer which is filled with true thankfulness, not simply self-worship. Take the opportunity, pray, and then we'll, and then we'll sing our final song.